Have you ever been to a church and seen preferential treatment? Let's talk about it. Hi, Pi family. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good midnight, wherever you find yourself in the world at this moment. So today I have my husband on here and I hope I don't lose another male listener because I love you guys. Um, but it seems like every time you come on my podcast, I lose a man. I don't understand that. First of all, let me gently take off these keys. We are actually traveling. So I had to do this podcast though. My husband and I were talking about preferential treatment in the church, how certain people get um, awesome things and other people don't get anything. So my husband and I travel around to a bunch of churches. We believe in going to churches and basically you know seeing if it's a good church and then putting it on my um i used to have a blog where i would write go to this church don't go to this church go to this church pretty much doing evangelistic ministry without actually being an evangelist at the time so before i was ordained um all my life i've grown up in church i speak church language i do the whole like church has been life just being in the building living the life, you know, seeing the people so-called live the life, and I say so-called because everybody ain't living the life, and seeing the ones that are really living the life. I can tell a person that's really living from God in an instant by the way they act, the way they talk, the way they move. It's, it's like when you are living for God, you can see the God in them, but when they're not, you can actually pinpoint the areas that they're wrong in so what we're going to talk about today my husband and i was having a discussion prior to the podcast and the time is 9 34 a.m 9 34 a.m and uh we were having this discussion and he started off talking about what he's seen since he's been with me because he grew up in church but not like me i grew up strict holiness church and we there we do have rules but we also have some stuff that probably shouldn't be in the church. But we, we, if we talk about this stuff, maybe we can address it and people will come back to the church if we get all the phony baloney out the way. So, not as a minister, I'm going to step down from minister role, but not as a minister. I'm going to just let my husband take it away and then we're going to talk about like just everything. Because we were talking about, before we started, we were talking about one time we went to a church and my baby was a tiny baby and um he needed some water and so the ushers gave water to the ministers it was bottled waters the ushers gave bottled water to the minister one of the other ladies in the congregation heard my baby struggling and said ask the ushers for some water i didn't this was my first time going to this church i went with another church that i was serving at i went with another church and um my husband you know he he goes wherever i go because he's very supportive of me especially when it comes to ministry stuff in fact when he first met me the first thing he met me doing was preaching so i mean it's it was kind of a done deal like he he had to know that that area was going to be something big in my life because if he didn't know now you know so but it's true now you know you're laughing if he didn't know after 10 years i just found out 12 years uh, you can't even get it right. But 10, 10 years, years of marriage, marriage, but 12 years of the relationship. Okay. You're talking about so 10 years. Right. No, because it was 12 years. I wasn't your wife then. You're right. I was just some girl 
you know, that I met at Best Buy. Some girl you met at Best Buy. It was just some dude I met to at Best Buy. Trying to holler. Yeah, was trying hard. You did not holler. And we not finna go down this road. So, anyways, um, so I went and I asked the ushers for some water. This lady told me, she looked me square in my eyes, and she peeked and said to me as she batted, This is for the ministers. This is for the preachers in the pulpit. Now, like my husband graciously pointed out, <laughs> that ain't right. Right. Proud to get known this thing, he was like, "That's not right because the ministers already have everything, and also you mean to tell me you only bought about six waters to church for the ministers? It's about thirty ministers up there, and you only bought six of the waters, and you can't give me one." So I went back and I sat down. My baby was coughing, and I determined in my heart that I wasn't going to that place anymore. Then the the members also had an attitude. A lot of them was having a nasty attitude. After that point, my husband stayed in the church. I got up and I walked out. Like I said, my pastor, when my pastor was teaching us when we were growing up, the reason why I can tell who's who, first of all, if you're going to be an ambassador for something, you need to know your environment. That's the first thing you need to know. I did a podcast on knowing your environment uh, about, I think, a year and a half ago now. I've been on Anchor for um, a year or so. I think I started in 20, either 2020 or 2019, but I did a whole thing about know your environment. You need to know those who serve among you. You need to know those who are around you. You need to be able to pinpoint the friendlies from the enemies. If you can't do that in your environment, then what good are you? So that's who I am. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I speak on his behalf and I know those who are his because they represent him well or either they um, try to discredit him really well. And when I go to a place and the spirit of God is not there, I don't care how good your music is. I don't care how good the person is sung or how well that brother preached. Honey, if you come down out the choir stand and have a nasty attitude, don't have no humbleness, and he can't talk to nobody because he's just the almighty it, then guess what? He can miss me. And so I walked out of that church and I was like, me and my baby going to the car. I think my husband stayed in there for a while. I went outside and got on my phone because I was like, this is not, this ain't real. Like I said, we had came with the church. So, um, for me, I'm like, you fellowshipping with these people. But then other stuff that I started to see that's not right. The criticism of people's clothing. Okay? Because there are rules about clothing. There are rules. I get it. And, and as far as the water thing, I get what they were saying. They like to throw people that's half learned or unlearned like to throw stuff in your face. They be like, oh, well, you know, you're supposed to eat and drink at home. Well, the dang ministers can eat and drink at home, too. They up there with water. I don't care if their throat is dry. I sing in the choir. When I finish singing, my throat is also dry. I can't have a glass of water. You know, why well, I got to leave out and they get to stay in the Holy of Holies. The pulpit is the Holy of Holies. And when you on holy ground in, in front of God, you ain't supposed to be doing that no ways. You know, like that's not a place where you're supposed to be eating and drinking and all that stuff anyways. But a lot of preachers do get a drink of water. They do be feeling a little parched and thirsty or whatever. And we've always just allowed that. But if we're going to be biblical and say that the, the congregation can't get it, then the freaking pulpit shouldn't have it either, to be honest with you. So, so my thing, my thing is that, yes... You know, the ministers, the preachers, the people up there in the pulpit are in these uh, positions, these 
high ranking, they have these titles, right? And because they have these titles and they sit in these positions, they are awarded certain benefits, right? And to me, I understand that. I do, I get it. They up there, they're speaking, they're gonna get thirsty. And they need some water sometimes to help quench that thirst so they can continue speaking and doing the work of the Lord. I agree. But if you have somebody in your congregation that is, is thirsty and needs some water, I, I think that as a church, one of two things should happen. Either the usher... Especially when it's a baby. Especially when it's a baby. You have the you have an usher that can either bring you a, a small bottle of water or you have a section where those people can get up and go get some water and, and be able to drink it. And... And I mean, I don't know if you got to bring that into, you know, the church's building fund. Uh, you know, we got all these different funds in the church. To, and I understand we got money to pay. We got, we, we need money to pay for water. And, you know, if everybody in the church start asking for water. But that's what's happening, service, offering this book exactly, to fund the house, to fund of, God. The house of God. And, and, and that's my point is that so money shouldn't be a problem. You know, and people and people, people paying the tithes. <laughs> you can't be asking for water all the time. You ain't gonna drop no tithes, no building fund, no offer. I mean, I get it. You give what you can, right? The lady came to Jesus and she gave what she could. She washed his feet with oil. That's what she could do. You know, she gave everything she had. Uh, the the parable about the lady who gave what was it? A, a, a mite? What was it? Yeah, two mites. Two mites. She gave two mites. That's what she had. She gave more than what the millionaire could, uh, what the millionaire gave. Because the millionaire, he gave, you know, maybe he physically gave more money, but that wasn't a dent in his wallet. This lady gave everything she had. But maybe they don't have to get, they don't have to give offering and tithes just to get, uh, especially now no building fund, just to get a glass of water. I agree 100%. I don't church. think they should have to. But I just think that if they're going to bring up the, because churches that do that, you know, I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying he's a good church. And I'm not saying churches, churches that, that I've been to. Churches will do that. They'll be like, well, we don't have the funds to keep bringing water in here every, you know, bottle of water. It costs money to do that. And there's something called a you faucet know? and so, a sink, and you can get water out of that. But just get a filter. Have the church get a filter. That way, you know, I mean, I'm not drinking city church water. I'm not drinking. I don't care if it came from the church or not. I'm not drinking city I grew water. up in the country, you so. You had well water. Yeah, I had well most, water. Most churches, especially in the city, they got the nasty city water that's got all the stuff in it. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll take filter water. Anyway, my point is that the people that's in the pool pit, yes, that's fine, but those people are there to serve at the end of the day. And so, not being able to give water to a baby because you got it reserved for the pastors. Is that really the ministry of God? Right. Is that is that what Christ would have wanted? Because I don't think so. I think Christ would have gave us the water. And here's why I say that. Because David went into the house of God and he ate the showbread that was on the table that was reserved for God and God alone. But as a priest standing in the place. And not only did David eat, David gave to the men that were with him. Because the people in the pulpit are anointed already to preach the gospel hands has been laid they have been picked the spirit of god dwells within them so the same things that that god could do you're an ambassador for him you're standing in the spot you're in the gap for the people you can do that too and so david went in there he ate that showbread he was hungry he gave it to his men and god did not kill david for that 
he still was alive he still was reigning as king he still was going out doing his war thing and when he when he came back from doing his war thing he was happy and fed and i feel like if david could have the showbread which was reserved for god not not the not the priest the ministers all god and god alone then we can have some water my baby at least can have some water that's for the preacher and the preacher alone because they already anointed right and you were saying something about getting some water that was blessed oh yeah i had got i asked for some water at the chapel i serve at the chapel or i used to serve at the chapel on mcconnell air force base and that was pretty cool and there was a chaplain there by the name of chaplain wells now i was in school for a minute for my um chaplaincy certificate and you know she she knew that but also i had done so much stuff i was serving i was showing up and you know like she like i said we know people who are for real about serving god and people who are not it shows so i asked for water and i said well i can't drink the, the water that's out in wichita i just couldn't do it and she said to me well um i'm gonna give you this water she hesitated because she was like well you know it's reserved for the priests um they they blessed it for them or whatever she was like but to here you go you all right this what you you need a blessing you can have a blessing because i know that who you are and i know what you're doing you go ahead and have this water you know and she gave it to me but at this point i feel like even if i she didn't know who i was she would have still gave me the water because she saw i was thirsty right. and not only that because of her spirit she would have gave me the water and been like ah they'll be okay they're gonna they're gonna buy more water they're gonna bless more water for him you know so here take the water she gave it to me and that was that and that water was only reserved for the priest right that was highly anointed sitting in the the highest of clouds right and so what 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 my take on that was one she did a good thing right so yeah hey chapel wells hopefully you listening but she did a great thing there by giving her the water yeah we love you but um like i get i get it I, i i understand you got the people uh, the preachers, the ministers up there in the pulpit, they preach it and they have this blessed water. And yes, they, you know, so they can continue being anointed and doing the work of God. But my perspective on it was, okay, um, the people sitting up there are already blessed because they are doing the work of God and they should be communing with God constantly and, and, and continue to receive a fresh anointing because they have they're walking with God, they're communing more so than you know most of the people in the congregation. I, I can't speak for everybody in the congregation because sometimes my wife and I are in the congregation. I know my wife is a minister, so like I said, most of the people in the congregation need that blessing. So to me, that water that's blessed that should be reserved for the congregation. <laughs> That's just me, though, you know, because I feel like the congregation need that. And 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 it just baffles me. I think we have it reversed. You know, not everybody, but some people, some churches have things reversed. You know, what's funny is that it, while we were talking about this, it brought to my mind the situation where Jesus was at the well and that lady was getting water. 
Jesus asked, asked for some water. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, Jesus Christ asked for water. Jesus but Christ then we asked for water. Sorry for the the random sounds. Oh yeah, sorry yeah, driving. But he asked for water, right? And and you know she was being funny about it. Jesus was like, you know, if you knew who was asking you for water, you <laughs> actually be asking me for, for some water. Yeah. And like so that right there said two things to me. One. You know, you, you got to know who you're talking to. <laughs> you got right? to know you your environment. You got to know, you got to you know your to environment. Know like who you serve among you. You can't just you can't just sit there and guess at it. Cause right. she was like, and then she she was on status, which a lot of the people in the church is. She was like, well, you know, um, the Jews and the Samaritans. No, she went yeah. heritage. Like you ain't none of the thing is. Those are sisters, yep. Jerusalem and Samaria, sisters fighting family just just fight Fight. can't get along third fourth field cousins can't get along because the status and she was like you in samaria baby you asking me for some water he like if you knew who you was talking to you would be asking me for water so and the other part of that was jesus is god right (laughs) like let's not forget that right jesus is god in flesh on the earth walking as we should walk he is the example came down to be that example and to free us from all our sin we should follow his example jesus is literally god and god basically just told this lady i will give you water i mean he just said it before come drink from the well right that i have come to come to come to me jesus is giving god has given people water he know he didn't reserve that for his disciples he didn't reserve that for the, the, the priest in the church. He didn't reserve that for these people in these positions. In fact, he passed by a lot of the priests in the church. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were the main um, groups of the day. They were sects of sects. Just so we know, I'm not saying the word sects because I am country. Um, <laughs> of priests. And they, they went around, they did, they followed doctrines. But it was man-written doctrine. They ain't really. They they follow also the Torah. Man, Pharisees were going to follow the Torah. If I'm not um, wrong, if I am, forgive me. Um, but they follow the Torah and they follow the Talmud. Talmud. I don't know how to say that word. But that's the thing they was all into, you know. And then they also had stuff that they just passed down orally that they did and so so jesus was walking around and he was different he moved different you know that's what i like about serving him i'm like i moved different because he he most places he went he was uh incognito until he started doing miracles like you didn't know he was the priest like you you heard about oh he's a good man and he's a prophet the woman at the well said i perceive to be a prophet she didn't say oh this prophet asked me for water because i'm convinced that he didn't even dress like a prophet right. because or any of the priests during his day he probably just if jesus was here now he probably wear some slacks and some sandals with, with a shirt that got words on it like we do he was a man of his time he was however his customs were he was a man of his time and we have to be people of our time but we in the church want to hold people to other times you know like to other other time zones and time whatever they got nothing to do with what the scripture actually says which is why i was saying earlier about the dress it brought me back around to it this lady said to me 
Now, I do. I was doing the praise and worship at this church, same church that we also went to another church with. And, you know, I started, I don't really get close to a lot of people. I started getting close to this old lady because, you know, her husband was a musician and I loved them. And, and I just thought that they were just great people. So she noticed that. And I can tell a predatory spirit from a mile away. And she noticed that I started getting close to her. So she felt comfortable to say to me, I just had a baby. So, you know, when you have a baby and you breastfeed, your floppies, that's what we call them, get a little huge. So this lady says to me, well, you know, they're going to say something to you about wearing that shirt. And my shirt wasn't, it wasn't bad. It had spaghetti straps and... You know, you could see a little crease of my chest uh, starting my chest line. And I hadn't worn anything sexual or anything like that to church, you know, because like I said, I speak church. I've been doing this forever. I also don't speak super con conservative because I'm my own individual and I like to dress how I like to dress. And as long as I'm within that guideline of to the knee, I'm straight or um, not, not all the way up your thigh, I'm straight. And even then, put some stockings on. That's all I understand about people today. Back in the day, at least in the 80s and 90s, if you wear a short skirt, you put on some stockings or some tights or something underneath that. You don't just run around with Velcro. I'm finna get off that. So, <laughs> you don't just do that, man. Anyway, so, so when she said that, it's like, it's like she been wanting to say something like that for a minute. I could feel it, you know, but she couldn't. Well, the thing is, I go to church, a lot of women don't be as thin as me. And they got a problem with that, or as young as me. And they remember when they had this, or they was this beautiful, or whatever the case is. I have faced it in the church. Ain't nobody coming to church for that, you know? Ain't nobody gonna come into the building. It's just not gonna happen. And it's so sad when I go to the churches today, and I see that they're empty, and the pastors are like, oh, the church should be filled. It should be. But what are your members saying to people exactly. that you don't know exactly. about? What is your congregation doing? Because they right. represent the church wherever they go. They right. represent God wherever, wherever they, they go. go. And so if the, if the church is empty and you got members that say they out there ministering to people or they say they inviting people, what is happening? And nobody's coming? And no one is coming? It must be something they doing in front of them people. Because I, you know what? You know what I do know? I know that people will go to we have an entire entire system on the phone based on reviews what do you do when you go to a new restaurant a hotel anywhere you looking at the reviews and you saying what people are saying about this place and a lot of people base their decision upon going to this place or not going to this place based on the reviews of other people and the congregation of a church is a walking, breathing, living review. Mm -hmm. And if they can see how the church affects you and you looking stink, ain't nobody going to go <laughs> to the church because that's a bad review to me. And I'm not finna go nowhere that stink. I'm not going to a hotel that <laughs> say that it's got bad cleaning issues. We already got oh, to yeah, go into we, the clean yeah. hotels and spray and down everything anyway. Because the tub still look like it's dirty. Exactly. But then we go to a hotel that already say it got issues. Why would I go there and have to clean even more? You know, like I'm not I'm not about to do that. And so if you are a member of a church and you walking around with a stank attitude, a uh, stank look on your face, 
you represent, but then you're going to turn around and tell somebody to come to church. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> I don't want to do that. You always down. You need money 24 7. Exactly. But God is good. But God is good. But you, you sure? Broke, but yeah. you broke. Because... Why you always broke? And that's another mindset that's in the church that we have to struggle and be broke. And that is not the case. Because when I look at King David, I'm looking at, I don't care how they did it. Paul traveled. I really don't care how he did it. Mm-hmm. He traveled all over. He went to mm-hmm. Turkey. It was all in, I don't even know if Croatia is in Turkey. He was all over the place, just ministering, mm-hmm. doing stuff. And he had a job that followed him. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, well, he did all this. Peter had a job. They was fishing. And you say, oh, them was trades. But they weren't broke. He, he, so look, this is the thing. They this ain't struggle either. So when you go to a church and you see a lot, a lot of times this is again preferential treatment, but it's okay. You see, the, you see the pastor got his own parking spot, and you look at the pastor's car, and the pastor driving a Jag a or a Bentley or you know what I'm saying he driving something nice. Uh uh-uh, uh, down south it's a Chrysler. A Chrysler. A Chrysler. Maybe he got a Tesla. What, whatever. Or now a Genesis. A Genesis. Because I wanted one. Well, yeah. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know y- y'all know what we saying. They got a nice car. He nice got a nice car. car. But everybody you know, else, but everybody driving else a driving hoopty. a hoopty. Then we're not so, doing something right. So we got to ask yourself. So one of two things is happening there. And this is, is something that just got revealed to me. One of these two, one of two things is happening there. Either the pastor is a crook. Oh, I hope not. And, and I'm praying that that's not the case, obviously. But, you know, the, the, the Bible does say there's going to be a great falling away. And so there's plenty of and, and, and false prophets. And so uh, and, and you, you be you be. Um, intellectually challenged to believe that you don't that, that that's not happening that there's not some pastors out there that either are stealing from the church or putting up this false you know this false sense of holiness and, and it's just lying in their pockets and stuff you you you'd be intellectually challenged if you believe that that that, that wasn't the case so because there are some because there are some and, and, are. and we're praying that 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 there's not many of them yeah. but there are some and it, but it's not everybody and right. it's not everybody. It's not, not going to be church. everybody. It's yeah. not going to be every church. If you see a pastor driving a nice car, a lot of times pastors are doctors. Yeah, like our, either, our, pastor our pastor is, is a doctor. A doctor, and, and, a, and a his doctor wife was a pharmacist. Exactly. So. And so you know, dual income household. Maybe he can afford that. Maybe right. he was prior military and is getting the retirement check on top of the job that he's doing. Right. Who knows? Right. We don't know. But so, like I said, either one of two things is happening. Either you're a crook, or the second thing is, you know, the pastor got it together. He in line with God, right? He, he teaching, he walking, he preaching, he living the life, and God is giving his blessings. And then you look at the congregation's cars, and you got to look and see: Are they receiving the blessings of God? Are they doing what's being, you know, taught to them? You know, if I see a pastor with a nice car, and I, you know, we can the spirit discernment. My wife has wonderful discernment. You know, we discern that you know he he preaching the right word. Then we obviously see that he doing God withholds nothing good from us. From his people. So he will give it to you. If really you're struggling will. in the church, there is something in your life that's probably not right. Right. And you know, and look internally first. Don't look externally and say, I got all these factors against me. You know what? Well, God pushes us through stuff and we overcome it. He will give us no more than what we can handle. And so if he puts you through it, you can handle it. And you can come out stronger for it. But you got to praise him all the way through the storm. I had a whole storm yesterday. Uh, we ain't going to get on that topic. But <laughs> my point is, we shouldn't be broke. 
yes, maybe we're working toward financial stability and financial freedom. Absolutely. But we should not be struggling as hard as we are. You know? Well, the Bible is actually a book that helps you come up in all areas of your life. You got a stink attitude? It teach you about love. You ain't got no money? It teach you about how to get money and keep money. You just need to be able to read the strategies. There's a guy who's what? He did a whole uh, thing on this. Well, people actually pay him to learn this stuff. And he based all the things he know off the Bible, which you have for free. Somewhere on a cell phone. Somebody got the, the Bible laying around the house. But, but people Dave don't Ramsey's know yeah, the, the <laughs> strategies. Like It's a weapon against being broke, against stubborn heartedness, against bitterness, against whatever you can think of that's bad. It is a weapon against all of that. And I just want to say, you know, we are talking about the church and the stuff that happens in the church. But at the same time, there are things in the church that you cannot change because it is in the word of God that you should do or should not do. And people want to come in and they want to be like, well, you can't do this and you can't do that. Well, if it's in the word, if it's the word, then I'm going to follow the word. Right. You know, like you ain't coming in my church and I don't even have a church yet. So I guess one day I will. But you ain't coming up in there and we doing 11 bread on freaking um, the Lord's Supper. It's not happening. It's supposed to be unleavened. You know, they want to say, well, that's the Old Testament, and that was then, and this is now, and Jesus did away with it. Actually, Jesus taught a lot of the Old Testament when he was just walking around, doing ministering to people. He he taught the Old Testament. So you need to know what what you need to do and what you don't need to do. And But the, like I was saying on my last thing, you need the Holy Ghost. You need to be able to discern, and God will lead you into what's right. But don't just not go to church just because there are some bad churches. There are a lot of churches that are good. We went to some. One is Acts um, of Tallahassee. Um, Apostolic Church yep. of Tallahassee. That church is good. That was another one. It used to be called Lionsgate, but I don't know the name of it now. So, yeah, they, they, yeah, they that. changed that. There's Pentecostal Church of Jesus Christ that you can go to. There's also... A Deliverance by Faith Ministries and Overcomers Worship Center. All of those places are in Tallahassee, Florida. They're, uh, except for uh, Pentecostal Church of Jesus Christ. That's in Quincy, Florida. So now you got some, some good churches to go to if and when you go to church. I'm looking around the house of God and it should not ever be lacking for anything. The people should not be lacking of anything. And I get it. Some of our people was, was well, our people as in brown folk, was enslaved, especially here in America. I know I have listeners everywhere else, and I thank you guys for listening. I thank you for tuning in. But, you know, some people here, they the pastors that we had, they were um, from a different generation. My pastor back home in uh, Quincy, she's 80-something. She grew up during segregation. That was a different time then. You know, and the times have changed, but the word of God don't change. And so she got some stuff that we needed that only she can teach us, you know, and she passed that along to us. And it was landmarks. We call them the old landmarks. They must stay the same. They must remain in the church. But there's also a lot of things in the church that should just not be, you know, and if we start to look at stuff closely, we start to actually dismantle some of the positions that people are after in the church was never even a thing in the Bible.
it's just, it wasn't a thing so this is the stuff we're talking about in the preferential treatment that those people get i know our pastor dr coley is always like you don't even know what it means to be an apostle <laughs> like he go on a rant about it i think he gets mad about it because <laughs> and, and he right right you know you, you don't really know what it takes these days a lot of people don't know what it takes to be a minister because the leaders are appointed to serve they're they are appointed to serve they are and it's like and and coming to hear the word of god they are serving they're preaching right they're teaching us it's, it's, jesus it's said, part of that that servitude is that yeah jesus jesus actually said he said i ain't come to be ministered you know i ain't come to be ministered to i'm here to minister to you i'm here to serve you right a minister broken down the word minister is a servant you serve that's what you do that's what you do you know and if you can't do that then what good are you it's not for the congregation to give you anything. You doubt when Jesus was about to do the feet washing, he didn't say, Paul, Peter, go get go get that. And Paul wouldn't even been there because Paul didn't come along until after um, Jesus was already on the cross. So he never even met him face to face. Peter did. Peter met Jesus face to face. Jesus got out of his clothes, which I personally thought was weird. He got out of all of his clothes. <laughs> And then he got on uh, and he wrapped the towel around him. So he got undressed in front of all these people, wrapped the towel around him, and then went and was washing feet. I don't know if he used that towel or another towel, dude, but still, <laughs> it's weird to me. But he was serving. He was serving. He broke the bread. He gave him the wine. That's what you do as a waiter or a waitress. Yep. You give the people the stuff. And you tell him, this is the Coke that you ordered with no ice. You know, he served and made them feel good. And I think we've all lost, lost sight of that. Yep. And like I said, it's reversed. See, it's, we, 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 gotta, we, gotta, we gotta get back to how things are supposed to be. We gotta flip it, flip it back around. You and know? here's true love. True love, you don't expect everybody to do something for you. But you try to do something for that person. All the time, 24-7. You don't expect it to be a bed of roses for you. You go out your way, you cater to that person, you cater for that person. Because that is what love causes us to do. It causes us to serve. You know, you, one of the, the the most famous quotes people, ever, everybody, everywhere be going crazy about is, uh, you ask not what, what you, what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country well it's the same concept you know it's about don't don't ask what your congregation can do for you ask what you could do for your congregation and then the same same thing don't ask what your pastor can do for you ask what you can do for your pastor it's right. a circle everybody is helping each other and then the pastor won't be burnt out and overworked and trying to do everything because he can't depend on nobody exactly yeah. because you're there you hear him i wish i had a church they be up there i begging. wish i yeah for, for <laughs> people for that's gonna to help. help and then when you get the, when you get into them positions with titles don't freaking be a bum on the log that right. they got the the, the bible says uh, don't grieve your leadership yep. if you grieve your leadership you grieving god you're an idiot because now God is mad at you because that person is anointed. They represent God. They're standing in the place for God, for you, in the gap. Yep. 
and you and you grieving the very person that's got to get a prayer through for you. Are you crazy? Just because you're a minister now, too, that was what happened with Miriam. She was like, we could do the same thing that Moses does because she was a minister. And she was like, well, I'm a prophetess, you know, and, and Aaron, you are, too. Why, why is it that God only is talking to Moses or whatever in this capacity? It was the level of his relationship with God, first of all. Moses had his relationship with God. Moses always taught to God, i.e. the prayer life. He always talked to God. He always went to him. I'm not saying that Miriam and Aaron didn't. Like she said, they could talk to God too. They can get a prayer through too. So why is it that such and such and blank and blank? But it wasn't her place to question that. It was her place to serve in her place. And she jumped out of line. So if you come in jumping all out of line and, and getting all out of order with the person that God put in charge of you, guess what? You're wrong. So it's a give and take overall. But in the meantime, in between time, I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. We will definitely have more discussions like this. I've been trying to get my husband to come on for a while and do stuff with me. Um, we were supposed to have some discussions about um, Disney. Because I'm an optimistic person when it comes to the, the villains. And he is just like, nope. <laughs> Not so much. So hey, what you talking about? When we were supposed to do the Disney character things, and I was like, uh, Scar was, you know, Scar and Ursula, how they was just being bad, but they could actually, they could be good if they chose to. And he was like, no, they're bad. They were written that way. And we had a whole oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. So we were supposed to go and do that. But in the meantime, in between time, this is author Sunflower J making you feel a billion emotions and then one and you will tell me what that one is good night pie family mm-hmm.